The Capitals shut out the Golden Knights and are now 7-1-1 in their last nine. Let's go! Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how your capitals shut out the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights by a score of three to nothing. So in case you thought it was a fluke, in case you thought they got lucky, that was quite a thing for them to take down the Golden Knights. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about how Charlie Lindgren has been stepping up and playing a huge role in the Capitals' success. A little bit later, we will talk about how, despite how things went well in the game, the Caps' power play struggles. But just to get it going here, there's not a lot of negativity to talk about. This was a well-executed game from front to back, and there's a lot to be happy about as Capitals fans. And what am I talking about? Well, to start the season, we were talking about was Spencer Carberry the right guy? Uh, what's wrong with Ovechkin? Why didn't we get this top six forward? You know, why didn't we make any more moves? All that talk has gotten a lot more quiet as of late as the Capitals continue to keep winning. It's interesting that you can kind of stop thinking about the negativity when there's a lot of positivity. Um, and that is a big thing for the Caps right now is they are rolling um, and, you know, a lot of people said, well, you know, they they beat the Islanders and they beat the Panthers and, and the, you know, the New Jersey Devils. And I guess they're OK, but how are they going to play against a really, truly great team? Well, how about the defending Stanley Cup champions in first place in the Pacific Golden Knights blanking them, shutting them out? That's quite a feather in the Capitals hat to to be able to do that and a real, you know, uh, morale boost, shall we say. Um, And again, there's not a lot to be disappointed about, but the Caps win three in a row and are now 7-1-1 in their last nine. I mean, if I would have said this even a couple weeks ago that, hey, guys, you know, the Caps aren't playing that great right now, but you want to know something in a few weeks from now that are just going to be killing it. You all would have laughed in my face. I would have laughed in my own face. That's very uncomfortable. But in any event, the Capitals are getting it done. And how are they getting it done? Um, I know that it's been said a lot, but they're finally buying into 
Spencer Carberry systems. I think that there was a lot of old, you know, Peter Laviolette logic still swirling around inside their head there, but they are playing together. And it's a lot of the young guys that are stepping up. The bottom six uh, that's getting it done. I know that Dylan Strom found the back of the net, and ultimately he is the one that started it all off. But if you take a look at it, Mick Michael on the third line, you take a look at Ma- uh, Malenstein on the fourth line, um, those were the guys that were getting it done out there. And, you know, a guy that really jumped off the page for me in this game was um, Connor McMichael. Um, and, you know, I'm, I couldn't be any more happy for him than I am right now. Kind of, you know, really proud of the kid, to be honest with you, because I was banging the drum for him all summer saying, this is the year, this is the year to be in on Connor McMichael. And look what happens when the Capitals are all in. And, uh, you know, it was a tough thing when uh, Nick Backstrom stepped away from hockey, but Connor McMichael stepped in and has played flawlessly. And just think, he has still room for growth. Uh, he is one heck of a player and ultimately one of the key pieces of the Capitals' present, but also one of the keys of the Capitals' future. It's exciting. And not only that, but if you take a look uh, on the blue line as well is Lucas Johansson. One thing that really pops off the page with Johansson and was kind of one of the things that could have gone off the rails was that big play where he broke up that scoring drive. And if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. That was a big thing where there was a breakaway. And if Lucas Johansson wasn't in there with his stick, it, it would it could have caused a goal. And at that point, you know, sometimes if you let one goal in, then it's easy to let in one or two more. So in any event, I'm really, really happy uh, for Lucas Johansson and how great he stepped up. And, you know, one of the things that spoke of uh, quite often is, you know, one guy getting injured is another guy's opportunity. And that's what it's been for Lucas Johansson. That's what it's been for, you know, Alexiev and Hardy Haman Octel and all these other guys. Because let's face it, at some point, Trevor Van Riemsdyk is going to come back. Joel Edmondson uh, will start with the Capitals here. Uh, but it's going to be interesting, and I'm still of the school of thought here, that those guys, those, you know, if you take a look, especially Joel Edmondson, maybe not TVR, but Joel Edmondson, he should have to earn his spot. Look at how great Lucas Johansson has played. Uh, you know, take a look at, you know, uh, if you take a look at Alexiev or Hardy Haman Octel, um, those guys, you know, for the most part have played pretty well. Should they just get scrubbed and, and put away just because Joel Edmondson is good to go? Uh, uh, granted, I have not seen him in game action this year. We just seen him in the preseason. You know, he might, you know, prove us all wrong and just be this stud on the blue line. And then if that's the case, then uh, this whole argument is null and void. But these young guys, in any event, are really stepping up and they've had a huge, huge impact on this team. And it's got to be a little bit uncomfortable for, you know, a lot of the veterans on this team. I'm talking about Ovechkin. I'm talking about Oshie. Uh, Even though they're involved in scoring plays and that kind of thing, uh, they're not finding the back of the net on the same basis that these bottom six guys are. I'm not going to complain about it. I love it. They're scoring goals. And guess what? This is the Capitals' future. When you take a look at it here, like I talked about, it's McMichael, present and future. Malenstein, present and future. Um, so that's exciting for me. Phillips, I don't know. You know, they bumped him up to the second line and he, you know, put himself in the, in the right position. He looked confident out there. Um, I know that we are really, de- you know, trying to polish him into being this really great hockey player. Seeing is believing, like I say, and I have not really seen it as of late for Matthew Phillips. Uh, again, I hope that he can find his way, but I think that to a certain extent, his size is coming into focus. And I know I hate to bring it up about size, but it seems to be kind of something that's ever present, you know, that there are a lot of big guys around him. And he, despite the fact that he's a great playmaker, 
Um, I, I, again, I'm a little bit on the fence on Matthew Phillips, but for right now, but again, Sonny Milano, just really huge pieces out there. The Capitals are the only team to shut out the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights this season. Wow, what a stat, what a feather in the hat. Despite the really slow start for the Capitals, that is really something to hang your hat on. And, you know, as you go into work and you talk to your guys at work or your girls at work or whatever the case may be, and you say, how about that Caps game last night? You could say, yeah, they are the only team to shut out to the Golden Knights. This isn't just a nothing. Uh, This is the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights who are a really, really good hockey team on most any other night of the week. And the Capitals found a way not only to beat them, but to shut them out. Let's have a little bit of moment of silence here and just let that sink in. That is quite a stat, I got to say. Stroll broke his five-game goal streak. Assist Milano, a great. You know, uh, if you if you're a hockey player, you know it. You know there is so much to that game than just shooting pucks on the net. It's bouncing it off the boards and getting it to the other guy. Just really impressive. Sonny Sonny Milano banks it off the board. Guess what? Dylan Strom picks it up and finds the back of the net. Hockey players deserve more respect. They are just amazing athletes and very intelligent uh, just to kind of figure that all out. Dylan Strom scores his team leading seventh goal of the season and gave the Caps a one to nothing lead. That was the positivity snowball that I talk about all the time that, you know, maybe this game could have gone in a different direction if the Vegas Golden Knights found the back of the net first. Maybe, I guess we'll never know, but sometimes that is the case. In 16 career games versus Vegas, Strom has recorded 13 points, five goals, eight assists. Last season, Strom led the Caps with three points in two games against the Golden Knights. So what does that sound like to me? It sounds like Dylan Strom really has the Golden Knights number. That's that AI, that's that analytics, that's that fantasy hockey stuff. Um, and I, uh, that's great. That's a great stat. And I know that we're leaning more and more into statistics, the further we get into hockey here, but Dylan Strom, I, I can't say enough good things about him. You know, when he came here, uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, they didn't give him a qualifying offer and he came here. I, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder and he had a lot to prove. And, you know, I think that the chip is maybe not so squarely placed on his shoulders anymore, but there's still that, you know, something within you that there was a team that was willing to pass on me, and I'm going to make them eat that. Every time I score a goal and they see me light up the score sheet, I think D- uh, Dylan Strom has that in spades. Meanwhile, uh, Milano now has points in three of his last five games. Milano, another guy that was picked up from, uh, that they picked up in the uh, midseason last season, a guy that was kind of positioned to be down uh, in the, for the AHL Hershey Bears. There was never any grand plans for Sonny Milano when he first came here, but the first game that I saw him play, I'm like, that guy's got a good nose for the puck. He's going places. And if we want to take a look at, you know, the totality of his time here in Washington, It's kind of been up and down this season. I'm going to go ahead and say more up than down. But last year, it was a bit of a bumpy ride. All things considered, I love uh, Milano's game. Just another key piece and, you know, instrumental in the capital success for tonight. Again, like I talked about, Phillips back in the top six. Uh, Spencer Carberry has some master plan to get his career going again. Okay, color me skeptical. Uh, seeing is believing. When I see Phillips engaged, then I will believe it. Uh, a tough moment out there to start out the game, though. Alex Ovechkin took that stick up high. 
Um, I thought for me that that should have been a penalty. It was just a rough night. But then there was the toughness. There was the fisticuffs out there with Dylan McElrath out there that I love. I love his style of game. And I, if there's one thing that I wish upon a star would be that he could find a way onto the Capitals lineup. Such a dynamic player and has that toughness that maybe isn't so present in Tom Wilson's game anymore. And this isn't a knock on Tom Wilson. I've heard his side of the story. He spoke about how he said that, you know, when I'm sitting in the penalty box, those are opportunities that I'm not out there scoring goals. That was in a Mike Vogel interview. Um, but uh, and, and it's true. He's a great goal scorer. But in any event, Dylan McElrath, he has that physicality that I think has been to a certain extent absent this season. You see flares of physicality from Tom Wilson, but definitely not the guy uh, that once was. And Cotter match penalty on the hit on Kuzi. Um, if you take a look at that, you know, the, uh, that was one of the things that, that was kind of frustrating for me in this game is they didn't make good on their opportunity. They had five minutes of all-you-could-eat penalty time uh, or, excuse me, power play time, and they squandered it. That was a bit of a tough thing to swallow, uh, something that they have to work on. And, you know, you know, I'm not going to be too hard on them. If you take a look at the PK for the Golden Knights, it's pretty good. So there wasn't a lot of opportunities. So room for growth. Sandine was engaged. There was that one moment to start off the game where he coughed it up. Uh, that was a bit of a tough thing to watch out there. Uh, then Malenstein goal. And what is one of the things that I love about Malenstein out there is another guy that brings the physicality. So could you imagine Malenstein and Dylan McElrath on the same team, on the Capitals, at the same time? That would be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, but just a really great night. McMichael, empty netter, key in the defensive zone. McMichael scores his fourth goal of the season and gave the Caps a 2-0 lead. McMichael's four goals are tied for the second most on the Capitals. Dylan Sturm, seven goals. Alex Ovechkin, four goals. So all things considered, Capitals fans, let's you know put our hands together for just a really great, great victory. Uh, if you can find something negative out there, you are probably the kind of person that can find a raindrop on a sunny day. Uh, if I'm going to pick one thing, they could use stand to work on, on the power play a little bit more. But other than that, this team knocked it out of the park and there is little to nothing uh, to be upset about. This team is rolling and uh, the sky's the limit. You know, if I would have told you that this team could be in a dogfight to be, you know, on the top of the Metro division, and they're not there yet. Yet is the operative word there. I still think they have what it takes in just a total about face from where they were to start the season. As a Caps fan, I am beyond pumped uh, where this team is right now. And as Caps fans, you should be as well. All right, so coming up here after the break, is there a goalie controversy? And let me clarify this a little bit. Charlie Lindgren has played so, so well. How do you end up going back to Darcy Kemper? It's got to be a tough thing. How do they do that? Will they do that? I'll talk about that straight ahead. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses. Who starts and who sits? I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our little chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on next natural disaster or supply chain issues. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Rivato. 
And this is possible because our friends at Jace Medical go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medications. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for their service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. And you should as well. You know, you don't, you always need to have the certainty of having medicine available when you need it. When you have Jace Medical, there is no worry. So go to Jace Medical. If you or someone you love would get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to Jace Medical. Dot com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up, not to mention game breakdowns after every game. So subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals today. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about a problem, really, I guess a problem. Uh, if I'm going to try to make it a problem, it's not really a problem. Is that the Capitals have a, a situation here where Charlie Lindgren has played so well, being that he's the number two, if you want to take a look at it in those kind of terms, how do you end up going back with Darcy Kemper? Do you do it just because, you know, the, the old school way of doing it that we've seen on the Capitals for years? Well, we got to go back to this guy. He's our number one. He's our number one. You know, we got to etch it in stone, number one. Let's just take all those labels and throw them in the garbage. I'm sick of hearing about them. I want to play the goalie that's going to give the Capitals the best chance at winning games, period. End of report. That's Charlie Lindgren. Then it's Charlie Lindgren. If it's Hunter Shepard, it's Hunter Shepard. I really don't care. Uh, Listen, this isn't to disparage Darcy Kemper, but he has shown some weaknesses, some chinks in his armor, if you will. So I'm going to go for the for sure thing, because what is one of the things that we know this team is rolling? That has been what this episode is about, is this team is chugga, 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 rolling along. Why do we want to, you know, kill that? We'll throw a wet blanket over it by going, well, we had to go back to Darcy Kemper because, you know, he's he's our number one. We got to do it. That is foolish, foolish thinking. That's old school hockey thinking and not even hockey as a whole. That's old school capital thinking. Um, You know, and I think that usually if you get anointed as being the number one, there's a reason behind it. You know, I hate to say it, but the reason that Darcy Kimber is the number one because they're paying him a boatload of money. And uh, it's not that he's been a horrible goalie this year. It's just that Charlie Lindgren has been a bit better. And dare I say, the number three has maybe even been better. So it is an interesting position that the Capitals find themselves in that who do they go to? Do they do they stick with Lindgren or do they, or do they end up going back with Darcy Kemper because he's the guy for me? If you're asking me, armchair GM right here, full steam ahead with Chucky sideburns until he falters and proves something wrong, or maybe it's a back-to-back. And even then, you know, we don't need, uh, part of it is just washing that old thinking. Well, it's a back-to-back. You got to, you know, split it up. 
you know, it's probably in the best interest so you don't overtax one of the goalies. But with that being said, I don't think that's a steadfast rule. So this is Charlie Lindgren's net until he proves otherwise. You know, that's the way I look at it. And to be honest with you, I hate to say it, I was a little disappointed that they sent Hunter Shepard down. I really was. What did he do wrong that warranted getting sent down other than Darcy Kemper was good to go and ready to back up? I mean, it's a tough position for the Capitals to be in. I get that because they're paying, you know, Darcy Kemper a boatload of money. And if there's one thing you can know about the present is looking at the past is that Charlie Lindgren was really, really dialed in in the month of December and then not so much after that. So, you know, is this just a flash of greatness? Is he going to go on a tear for the month of November and part of December and then fall apart? Uh, You know, it doesn't always have to repeat itself. Life is not just this giant carbon copy, this giant rubber stamp. Things can change, but um, there is always that possibility. And Darcy Kemper, like I say, for the most part, you know, with the games that he played, he kind of kept the Capitals in there. There were some issues with what they said, high danger shots uh, and that kind of thing. But, you know, the proof's in the pudding for, for Charlie Lindgren. He saved some high danger shots tonight. As I'm recording this uh, on Tuesday evening uh, at 10.06 local here, he made some big, big saves. High danger saves. Those are key ingredients to being a really great goalie. Again, for me, what a tough situation for the Capitals to be in. What a tough situation for Spencer Carberry and Brian McClellan to go, well, we got this number one guy. I mean, what are we going to do with him? Bench him? It is a tough position. I get that. And I think that, you know, you can never have enough depth Uh, at the goalie position, but it it is a a difficult position. Um, And then the chance for Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. uh, And the press asked him, did you hear it? He said, yes, I did. And I love it here. Uh, And, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit back on the Braden Holpe years. You know, I mean, this team was, you know, I mean, look at, I still got his jersey hanging on the wall to this day for me. My all-time favorite Capitals goalie will always be Holtz Holpe. Um, just one heck of a guy uh, as a man and also a great goalie. He'll always be the guy. But, you know, it seems that um, Charlie Lindgren has the hearts uh, of Capitals fans. And it's going to be difficult, you know, not to say that Darcy Kemper does isn't also loved by the Capitals fans. But earning a shutout against a really great team really, 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 really endears you to the fan base. This was a team uh, in their fan base, I guess, that was starved for any kind of positivity this year. Starved for it. So I think that they want to hold on to uh, Charlie Lindgren for all they've got and, and you know, just say, why are we going back to Kemper at some point? Because, you know, especially if Kemper loses, everyone's going to be like throwing their clipboard in there and go, well, I bleep and give up. But anyway, Darcy Kemper getting over a recent injury. This is ultimately why Charlie Lindgren got his opportunity. Again, one man's loss is another man's gain. You see this in the NFL all the time. Um, You know, if you take a look historically, a quarterback, a backup quarterback who never really got his opportunity is thrust into action because the starter got injured. You've seen that in the Tom Brady story. Uh, You've seen that in the Rodgers story. Not too much different than it is in the NHL that this backup goalie who gets more playing time than a backup um, NFL quarterback. But in any event, you see the similarity there that that is how they get their opportunity. Spencer Carberry seems to be loving him as well. Just fantastic all night. Go down the list, the breakaways, all the different saves and tight, some screens and tips and rebounds. He had it all. 
He was the difference in the game. That's quite a ringing endorsement by the head coach, and maybe this is a young guy, the youngest coach in the NHL. Maybe he won't revert back to this old clunky, junky thinking. And they will do the right thing and keep going with Chucky Sideburns. Why the heck not? Uh, he faced multiple breakaways, lingering in his 3-1-0 on the season with a .94 save percentage. Um, so just a really great thing. What's not to love? And a lot of them were high danger chances. One of the knocks on Darcy Kemper is his inability to save some of those high danger shots and also mid to long range shots. All of those boxes, Charlie Lindgren has checked off. That's what makes it so difficult. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about how this game was nearly perfect except for the power play. How do they work on the power play and how do they get it firing on all cylinders? I'll talk about that coming up. Early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any, any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And guys, let me tell you something about why I love me some FanDuel. Because say you're watching a sporting event, say it's the NBA, say it's the NFL, whatever it is, and say you're not that interested in it. How about you open up the FanDuel op app and put a little bit of money on the game? It makes watching the game that much more exciting. I think you'll love it. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this is a victory podcast and not just a meh victory. This was a statement victory podcast for the Capitals as they take down the Golden Knights at Capital One Arena by three to nothing. A shutout, something that was the litmus test that I spoke of, uh, you know, all this previous week here and, you know, this week about, you know, this game is going to be where the rubber meets the road and it met the road and it's squealing down the road as the Capitals pick up a decisive victory. This isn't backing into victory. This was a shutout, a real, you know what, to the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, the, some of that that blood still, that bad blood still runs deep from, you know, the 2018 Stanley Cup. And I know not a lot of those players are left on the Golden Knights and probably not, you know, if I think about it, not too many left of them on the Capitals anymore. But there still is that history um, and ultimately how the Capitals got over on the Golden Knights when they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. So all positivity, if there's one negative that is something that has been an issue with the Capitals for some time, is the power play. They've got to find a way to make the most of their opportunities. Again, they were on the power play for five minutes. And it was all you could eat scoring. And guess what? They scored nothing. They got to make more of their opportunities. I know they're getting different looks. And I know that Alex Ovechkin really hit some great ones from his office. But again, 
a lot of the goalies, they see that coming in years past. There was nothing they could do to stop it. Well, this year they're finding a way to stop it. And it has shown up as Alex Ovechkin is off to a bit of a slow start. But if you take a look at it here, the power play, something that is in Spencer Carberry's strong suit is something that's going to have to get looked into a little bit more. Washington went 0 for 3 on the power play and on a five minute power play early in the second period, they didn't do much. The Capitals have now gone seven straight games without a power play goal and are 0 for 19 over that span. That's why I picked this topic to be the last one to talk about in the show because I didn't want to be a buzzkill. Washington's PP now ranks last in the league at 7.3%. So definitely something that needs to get cleaned up. You know, if you take a look at it, it's the entry, it's the slingshot, it's all this, it's still not great. You know, everyone's like, well, we're going to have a coaching change and that power play is going to be a lot better than it was, you know, under Peter Laviolette. Guess what? It's not. So uh, th- there is still a-, a lot of work that needs to get done there. And, you know, I don't want this to be like a downer part to close the show, but I'm just not going to also blow angel dust up here. You know what? This is going to be a podcast. It's just going to be an-, an honest podcast here that, you know, the Caps are playing really well, but their power play sucks. You know, for lack of a better term, it really sucks. And it's something that really needs to get fixed uh, for even more success. I know that, you know, and again, what is one of the things that I quote and, you know, the 24-7 Capitals Penguins, this is forever etched in my brain. Great narrator, if you haven't watched that, by the way. Never judge a team at its greatest moment because they're all, and also never judge a team based on how they are at their worst. Um, and I'm paraphrasing it. If you've watched 24-7 Caps Pens, you know what I'm talking about. And what it's, what, what, what are they, what, I'm going to paraphrase what he's saying because I don't have the quote verbatim, but I can hear it in my head, just the gist of it, is that even though the Capitals are playing really, really well right now, they're not really as great as they appear. Uh, If they were, they wouldn't have issues on the power play. And when the Capitals were at their worst to start the season, they really weren't as bad as they appeared. They just needed to tweak some things. Spencer Carberry needed to juggle the lineups a little bit. We needed to promote some guys from Hershey just based on injury that abracadabra fixed a lot what ailed the Capitals. See Nicholas Abe-Cubel, see Lucas Johansson and a lot of those guys. Um, So it is an interesting thing that there's not a lot of negativity on this team, but the power play is something that must be addressed if this team wants sustained success. You know, it's easy to be riding this high right now. But a couple games from now, it could be this Saturday, I could be talking to you about how the Capitals lost horribly, got shut out. And we could point to, you know, they were on the power play two or three times and squandered it. Sometimes those are things that can be, you know, you know, momentum changers. And I think that it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think that you should take a moment sit back and take in the victory, but don't let it overwhelm you. Just like if it's a loss, don't let it, you know, permeate your overall being. Take a moment, reflect, say, good job, Dan, good job, whoever, and then move on. Because if you get complacent with victory, then all of a sudden you're going to take your eyes off the prize and you're going to take your foot off the gas. And I think that's one of the things that the Capitals have to worry about, especially as they go into play a Columbus team that's a little bit lacking in the luster department. 
that, you know, well, we're the Capitals and we just took down the Golden Knights. We're just going to steamroll these, these Blue Jackets, right? Not so fast. There's a lot of guys on the Blue Jackets that are still playing with pride for their jersey, for their team, for their city, and they would love nothing more than to knock that team off that just took off the Golden Knights. So that is one of the things that needs to be addressed is the little things, not even the little things. They're a little bit more than the little things. I'm, I'm you know, knocking it down here a little bit, but the power play is a big thing. But in the overall of the game tonight, the Capitals picked up the win, but it's something that needs to get worked on at next practice and probably the practice after that and however long it takes for it to be fixed. I mean, this is all new new coaches. This was all supposed to be fixed because Peter Laviolette and the old coaches sucked. We can stop. We can take that excuse and take it off the bulletin board and throw it in the garbage because this is Spencer Carberry's team. And what is he doing to address the power play? You know, this is something, this is his strong suit. You know, he might have to look over it and go, you know, I know you're the coach of this, but I'm going to do this and this this different. That's what it might come down to. But listen, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. All things considered, Capitals fans, a great, great win. As you go into work tomorrow, you should have a little bit of a skip in your step. Maybe, you know, knock off the dust off your Capitals jacket, wear it proudly into work or your hat or watch or whatever the case may be and go, what about that Capitals game last night? Wow, what a team. Uh, And uh, that's the good feeling that I'm going to have going in tomorrow. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Capitals. And I want to thank all of you that listen on the audio side and watch this on YouTube. You are what makes this podcast successful. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holney, and I'll talk to you again next time.